show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pop, spoon, ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Joined today by Mr. Wolfie T. What's going on, Brett? Yep. Wolfman's got nards. And we got PJ over there. Yo. <laughs> Jason, still no clip, but that'll be rectified after you watch every Jason movie. Give me a week. <laughs> just, just, just a week. You're going to have to watch two on Sunday. <laughs> can do that. That'll announce your presence to the worldwide audience, the international listening audience. Now you're just making me nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All dozens and dozens of <laughs> listeners. Across the world. Yeah. All right. Well, then we get a listeners in like Italy, like a bunch of non-English speaking countries are listening to us. Like people listening to like iTunes and Stitcher in other countries. I have no idea. Yeah. The other countries I know about are those people actually going to our website and there's a lot of them. Cool. A lot of different countries. Pretty good. And it's every month. It's probably 30 or 40 different countries. At least. Awesome. And it takes some effort to find our website, so <laughs> I imagine it's not by accident. Yeah. People usually search something and then it'll be like an article or something we have or an episode that's on our website and they're like, Oh, and then they go there and that's how they find us. You should just like have a hidden block of text on one of the pages with all the like the most common uh, porn search terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should watch this movie. Just, just like have it like a black box at the bottom of a black page with black type, so you can't read it if you don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. And then it'll pick it up on Google, and uh, you're gold. That's how you do it. Yeah, I guess that's how we'll do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get to the Terra Train. We are doing a movie leftover today, Terra Train. I keep calling it the Terra Train. Is that a Mandela effect? <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. Even though I, I only heard about this movie a yeah. couple months ago. Yeah, so I guess that would rule out Mandela effect. <laughs> I think it's just easier to say the when you're speaking of it in sentence form. <laughs> Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, we do a couple different types of episodes. Um, we do have a general episode where we just talk about news and like recently seen films. That is, they'll just have random names for those episode titles. But uh, we do two specific types of episodes for when we just kind of talk about one specific movie. Uh, today's a leftover, uh, and we also have a breakdown movie breakdown breakdown. We usually reserve for 
better heralded films, um, classics, cult classics, or things that you can really break down, have a lot of themes or maybe symbols. Um, Well-made movies. Yeah. Like like legitimately well-made movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, or experimental films, perhaps. Because you could argue that experimental is, well, it's just experimental. It doesn't mean it's bad or it's good. But regardless. Revolutionary movies. Yeah. Um, things that you can really break apart and sink your teeth into. Yeah, Leftovers is more of a lighthearted take on movies we we all love or at least like, <laughs> like <laughs> enough. Because um, yeah, Brett and I were talking off air. Uh, we we don't know if we'd give Terror Train an eventually rating or not. Because we pretty much every movie we do going to be an eventually or above. Yeah, like Last Resorts. There's plenty of Last Resorts that. At least Jones and I like a lot, even. A lot, most of them are comedies that have like a lot of funny lines or scenes or, you know, maybe there's like a cheesy thriller or something. It's like, you know what? That's entertaining as hell. But mm-hmm. you know what? It just, you know, might not be for everyone. You don't have to go out of your way to see it. That's a last resort, that type of thing. I think this movie kind of falls in between the last resort and eventually category. I would say if you want to listen to this episode going forward, you're going to want to eventually see this movie. <laughs> yeah. And we always recommend that you watch the movies before you listen to the episodes, but sometimes it's a little a little bit of gray area with the older films, especially some older films that aren't as accessible. Like, well, I can't, you know, maybe some, some places, especially internationally, like there's no way I can actually see this movie. Right. So you just kind of listen to it. But. And, and with a movie like this, maybe you want to listen to the episode first, hear the spoilers, and then go back and see it for yourself. Because even if you know what happens, it's still going to be entertaining enough to yeah to watch it knowing what's going to happen because you don't know how it's going to happen. You, like you have Verbatim, picture, at least. You have yeah. a picture in your mind of what's happening or going to happen in the movie, but it might play out differently than how you had pictured it so yeah if you're gonna listen to it and haven't seen the film just know that there's gonna be spoilers throughout and in both breakdowns and leftovers we go through the entire plot talk about it so without further ado let's do it terror train do it from 1980 what no just 1980 really directed by roger spottiswood spotswood that's S-P-O-T-T-I-S, W-O-O-D-E. I just looked. He directed quite a few. Uh, like he's, He did Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> okay. He did Turner and Hooch. Hey, Turner and um, Hooch. He did one of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies. Which one? Uh, let me look. I was just looking at it. And then I was saying, I, I got it right here. I'll just look. Um, he wrote 48 Hours. That's pretty good. He did The Sixth Day. Tomorrow Never Dies was the James okay. Bond. Okay. And he directed that? Yep. It's a decent one. Shoot to Kill was one that he directed. So, I mean, not necessarily the most stellar of uh, resumes, but you've heard of a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go to the cast here. Ben Johnson is Carney or Karn. Is that the... That's the conductor. I conductor, think. okay. Because yeah. I only know him as the conductor. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, he's a conductor because it says on his hat. (laughs) Yeah. I was so happy that they had titles on their hats because I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) Yeah, because I I wrote them down too. But there was one guy who was a brake man. Yeah. And then there was, was, I think there was two engineers, but they didn't have 
hats on, so. There was the head porter. I think he was the chief porter. It said I was wrote it, it down head porter as or head porter. porter. That, that was the that was a black guy that Maybe was yeah. working on the train. All the porters were black, coincidentally. I thought there was only one. Well, they all showed up at uh, towards the end when they evacuated. Okay, so there was more. There might have been one white worker. porter. There might have been white one okay. white porter. Yeah, because that conductor brake man. Because I thought everyone was white except for the head porter. Yeah, well, I in, unless he was, uh, it just seemed like he was there a bunch of different times. But I thought like there were three or four towards the end when they started evacuating the train. Because they had the typical, you know, token black, where there was one black male of the college students and one black yeah. female, which is, of course, his girlfriend. <laughs> yep. Because apparently, you know, they all have to stick to their race in these old movies. They weren't progressive as, <laughs> back then. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Elena, which is Elena, right? It's spelled weird, too. It's A-L-A-N-A. Yeah. Elena. Uh, Hart uh, Bachner. As Doc, you know him from Die Hard as Ellis, the douchebag. Hey, John Boy. <laughs> oh, he's such a tool in that movie. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. He says that after he snorts a bunch of coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go deal with these terrorists. <laughs> That's what she did in the 80s. Yeah. And he plays... Uh, Appropriately, he plays a douchebag in here as well. I'm Doc. That guy's a douchebag. He's pre <laughs> he's pre med, so uh, you know, can't wait till he's out in the field practicing medicine. Yeah, seems like a real winner. Yeah, he's gonna have great bedside manner. <laughs> um, David Copperfield is in this movie. He plays a magician. What a surprise! Not to be confused with George H. W.'s favorite magician, David Copperfield. <laughs> 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 did y'all hear that joke i did not that's what he does when he grabs the ass on the photo ops says who's, who's oh my copperfield fa- no he copperfield. says uh yeah. he says who's my favorite magician david copperfield then he grabs the <laughs> grabs the cheek <laughs> <laughs> then he claims senility because i'm an old man in a wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> hashtag time's up um Derek mckinnon as kenny hampson he would be the killer. Uh, Sandy, uh, spoilers. Uh, Sandy <laughs> Curie is Mitchie. Timothy Weber is Mo. Anthony Sherwood is Jackson. Of course, he is the token uh, black amongst the college students. So they name him Jackson. That's a black name. That's what <laughs> Jackson. That's it. <laughs> Howard Busgang is Ed or Eduardo. So your vanity was Mary. So she was Jackson's girlfriend. I guess I never cut her name until I read it here. Mary. M-E-R-R-Y. That's a weird way to spell it. Merry New Year! <laughs> happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko, exchange student from Cameroon. <laughs> I had to put that clip in there because what is it with the 80s and like celebrating New Year's on trains? Is that like a thing? I don't know. So we got trading places, New Year's on a train. I did a little more research. You know, this tear train, New Year's Eve on a train, money train takes place. They're stealing the money off of a train on New Year's. That's money train. Um, mm. 
can't believe the, I can't remember if there was another. I mean, that's also not an '80s movie. That's like '94ish for Money Train. I don't remember Money Train. Well, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. But uh, yeah, it was definitely, and this one's and both Trading Places and Terror Train are both costume parties that they're having on these trains. Yeah, it seemed very strange. This might be a thing. I just Googled New Year's train, and there's tons of stuff. New Year's Eve dinner train, Tennessee Valley Railroad, New Year's Eve party, train ride adventures, New Year's Eve dinner train. I don't know. Maybe that's just a thing people do. Perhaps. New Year's Eve train and fireworks. Well, the trains are there. They're not doing anything else. Even in 1980, they were talking about how fucking dated taking a train is. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little, and then they are on a long haul. Well, I don't know what what the, the thing was, but it, I think it was just a loop, and it was probably like a, you know, five six hours maybe. I don't know. Because it goes until the next morning. Yeah. Till daybreak. It was pretty dark when they left, but it was. I don't know where they were, so it gets dark here at like five o'clock. Yeah, and it was it was winter time, obviously. So yeah, it gets dark quick, but you know you got to get there hours before New Year's. You got to have, you got to get lubed up in preparation so, of so maybe midnight. Like, maybe it's like a ten or twelve hour ride. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that about does it for the cast. It wasn't like it was a snow piercer or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever been on a train train, like not a subway train, but an actual like, yeah. steam locomotive or something? Mm-hmm. Pretty not, fun. In South know. Dakota and up and around Duluth, I've been on some trains. Maybe years and years ago, not any time recently. Cool. I'll just do the storyline quick. A masked killer targets six college kids responsible for a prank gone wrong three years earlier, and we're currently throwing a large New Year's Eve costume party aboard a moving train. That's pretty much That's how you that get to train. And thanks for listening. We'll be back <laughs> next week. So let's just start with the opening scene. We'll probably talk about it throughout the episode, but there's a couple instances where I think like there's a couple of factors that might make this movie eventually versus the last resort. I just read the tagline, and if this doesn't get you, I don't know what will. The boys and girls of Sigma Phi, some will live, some will die. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. That is good. Can, um, can you wait? Who will live and who will <laughs> die? Some of them. <laughs> Because like I, I guess I just kind of consider it more of an average, run of the mill, kind of '80s horror movie. But it's there's some things that are definitely not run of the mill about yeah. it. It yeah. legs a little bit in the middle, but uh, I think the ending kind of makes up for it. Like yeah. the last third. I think the beginning and ending are very strong. It has Jamie Lee Curtis in it, and then it has the uh, a factor that we can kind of talk about but not talk about. That is the theme of uh, trans characters and how they're portrayed in film because brett and i have noticed there's several movies from this era specifically late 70s early 80s that feature a trans character more specifically they feature them in the villain or killer role so that's why we're not gonna i mean we usually spoil old movies you know which we would from late 70s to early 80s but this is literally the spoiler of all spoilers for those two movies because once we say, hey, this is just like this movie and that movie. And be like, oh, so a trans person is the murderer in those two movies. Yeah. And it'll be pretty easy to figure out who the trans person is. So without saying the movies, 
the similarity between those ones that you're talking about and this one is you don't know that the killer is a trans person until the the big reveal at the end Mm -hmm. but it's always the trans person who's doing the killing yep it's kind of weird like we don't know if this was just like was trans just like getting in the, in the news in the late seventies, early eighties, and like let's make him the villain or killer in a bunch of movies? Yeah, I wonder if it was just like a new thing that people were just hearing about, and it kind of like it was so new to them that they're kind of like, oh, there's something right, something wrong with that, and then they you know turn that into yeah, because I mean, um, in the James Bond films, uh, a lot of the villains, at least the earlier ones. Some of them are ambiguously gay. Like, you don't really know either way, but they kind of allude to, hey, the villain's probably gay. I, I just mentioned it on the last episode. We, the uh, the movie I recommended was Never Too Young to Die. And it's not really a spoiler for that one, but the the villain is a hermaphrodite. And mm-hmm. they allude to that over and over again, that he's a man slash woman. And uh, obviously he's super evil. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, like that's just another one where somebody who's transgender or you know something like that is the bad guy. Yeah, people were less accepting back then. It's like anything that's out of the mainstream is threatening and weird yeah. somehow. Even in uh, like Goldfinger, it's kind of alluded to that uh, the Bond girl is probably a lesbian, and that Bond changed her back into heterosexual. <laughs> Through his, you know, dab in your ways. Through his prowess. Yes. <laughs> through forcing himself on her in a barn. He's that He's <laughs> that good. I'm impressed. So, I mean, and that's not, you know, unique to Bond. There was plenty of films back yeah. then where they, like, the villain would be like, hey, that guy might be gay. And, like, that should be, like, a thing for this mm-hmm. movie type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so maybe that was just an extension of that where, hey, now there's trans people. Isn't that weird? Or hermaphrodites. Yeah. Like, let's let's make that a big point of the movie. Yeah. You know, so it was definitely not, like, I don't think they were being progressive when they put it in. <laughs> Since <laughs> hey, they know, made them all the villains. Yeah, I can imagine their production meetings like, you know, I just heard about this new marginalized group. I think we should turn them into <laughs> bad guys. <laughs> I gotta say, in Terror Train though, it's uh, the transgender and cross-dressing thing was less of a like in other movies it was treated like a mental defect, and this one it was more of like a means to an ends. Well, it was also kind of the result of like major psychological trauma, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it like in in this one he dresses up as a woman, not necessarily because that's like who he is or what he does it was as a way to sneak in and get his revenge yeah i guess they don't explicitly say like why exactly it happened like you can kind of because he takes every costume off of each victim and puts it on right so like just to get on the train without being seen he dresses up as a magician's assistant but like every time he kills somebody he takes their costume Puts mm-hmm. it on and then, you know, goes on to the next one. So you took it as the only reason he's dressing up as a woman is specifically to kill people. I didn't really see any ed- evidence to the contrary. Yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of ambiguous, but yeah. I mean, I assumed like he's, spoiler, he's the magician. She is the <laughs> magician's assistant. 
I don't know. I guess I assumed they must have done some shows together before, you know? Like, yeah. how long has he been in that role? But even when he reveals himself, he's got a costume on and the conductor. Well, he's, no, no. He's got the conductor's clothes on or the brake man's clothes on, takes yeah. the hat off. And then he's got the assistant's stuff on and then he takes the wig and the teeth out. And then he's just Kenny. Yeah. So, like. And then he puts that mask back on, that different mask that gets all bloody at the end. Yeah. I forget what mask that was, but yeah, it's weird because I don't even know how to, if I'm supposed to address her as a he or her because I'm not exactly sure of the trans aspect of it. Yeah. Because in the right. beginning, and we'll talk about right now, that opening scene, he's a Kenny, the killer, who we found out later is the killer, is a pledge at this fraternity who Doc kind of runs. Doc and his buddy who's even dating though, Jamie Lee Curtis. Even though they're a freshman, they're still running the show. Yeah, apparently. Well, I think they were more than freshmen because the freshman pledges have to wear the... I think they were established. Well, I think they had to wear... They were upperclassmen. The, they had to wear the beanie until they lost their virginity mm-hmm. was the deal. Okay. Yeah. But because that, that happened and then they cut to three years later and they're like, oh, we're graduating and it's... Oh, okay. You know, remember what that happened when we were freshmen? <laughs> so you, I suppose. You, so, you, like, did you found the fraternity? Were you, like, the first class in? And mm-hmm. you just, like, called the shots from day one? But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're fifth-year super seniors. I just read, actually, that they, uh... That opening scene, they tacked it on. They, they filmed it a month after everything else had wrapped. Hmm. So I don't know if they had thought that through... When they tacked it on there and no. said three years earlier, but uh, so was that wasn't originally planned. Apparently, they uh, they decided to add it later to add to the the backstory huh. for Kenny. I mean, that did actually kind of change the story a lot because I thought one of the more interesting aspects of the movie is that you know from the beginning who the killer is. You know, it's obviously this kid that was that got all messed up mm-hmm. uh, in in the first scene. And then the whole mystery is, like, where is he? Like, what person is he dressed as? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the opening scene, like I was saying, it was he's a new pledge. He has the beanie. He hasn't lost his virginity. So Doc kind of listed the help of Jamie Lee Curtis and some other people to lure him up to an upstairs bedroom. And so when he gets up there, see, they're medical students, so they have access to cadavers, apparently. You can just grab bodies. <laughs> I think they said places. he had just gotten a job at the... Uh... Is that the the morgue or the coroner's office? Yeah, I or think whatever? they say the morgue. So, right. like, he had access to the bodies, but mm-hmm. like, he wasn't. Obviously, he was a freshman, so he wasn't like really equipped to do any actual work there. He might have just been a janitor, but yeah. but he had access to it after hours when nobody was there. Mm-hmm. So he could just take bodies and bodies parts and. Yeah, you know, fuck around with it. So they took a woman's corpse and positioned it in the bed, like sitting up, kind of slumped forward, almost like she was, almost kind of looked like she was crying, like that kind of a pose, if you can picture what I'm getting at. She was kind of sit up with her head in her hands, like on her knees, kind Mm -hmm. of. And uh, it's underneath like a mosquito net, and it's a little dim in there. And Jim Lee Curtis, dim. yeah. I, this whole movie was very dim. Like, <laughs> and I know yeah. that's, I mean, that's kind of a horror movie thing. You know, a lot of them are really dark, mm-hmm. but. It takes place at night. 
that too <laughs> and it, yeah in a dark train i don't know yeah, yeah. jamie lee curtis is positioned behind the corpse yeah. talking to kenny kiss me kenny kiss yeah, me he's kenny. like he's undressing and when he takes his pants off it looks like he's wearing women's underwear yeah like you said that could just be like the underwear of the time but it looked feminine to me like, which would be evidence of him cross-dressing earlier there's or a it could of, be yeah. like they make the pledges wear women's underwear for this frat i don't know i think in a lot of 80s movies like the the dudes even the really macho ones wear the bikini briefs yeah like I don't know. Yeah, it's always it weird when you watch '80s movies and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's go," to, you know, whatever. And then like, "Why are you wearing ladies' underwear?" Yeah. It seemed like it was pink, wasn't it? It was a it was, pink, it was a purple yeah, or lavender. But yeah, I did notice the underwear. It didn't strike me as women's underwear though. It was just like, okay. "Oh, that's kind of revealing underwear." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Kenny had a big surprise waiting for him. When um, he tries to make his move, obviously the corpse kind of falls apart. There's some body yeah. parts, you know, detached, and uh, he gets all balled up basically and stands up and starts. He's all freaked out and, and starts going in circles and yeah, gets why? the. He gets caught in the mosquito net. Yeah, of thing. all the ways he really react, mos- why just stand up and spin in circles for five seconds? I would just be bolting out of there. Well, he didn't know what to do. I guess that's what we find out later. I could just play the clip right now of Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, explaining when she went to the hospital after this. Yeah, so this happens way later in the movie when it's convenient for her to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is talking to Doc, and she's explaining that she knows who the killer is. It's this, Kenny. This is after, like, three or four people get killed on the train. <laughs> yeah. And then she thinks, oh, man, this might be relevant information to share with the group. <laughs> It's just all my best friends in the fucking Doc, what do we have in common? You and me and Mitchie and the guys? Doc, we heard him. What are you talking about? Kenny Hampson. You're stunned with the corpse? Nobody do that for a goddamn prank. It wasn't just a prank. Doc, he was sick. I went to the hospital just afterwards. They wouldn't let me see him. They said he killed somebody before. And they said it might have been an accident, but he killed somebody. Shit. And we're next, aren't we? Come on. No. So, okay, they said he, she says he was sick. And then she went to the hospital, and they said that he had killed someone before. Yeah, it makes it sound like before that whole prank thing happened, he had killed someone. Yeah, is that what yeah. you did? Yep, that's okay. what I got out of so that. So I'm saying he he was messed up, maybe mentally before yeah. that whole prank, and, and that's they, why like, he reacted further in that direction, in such a weird yeah. way. Yeah, like just ran and raven and got himself caught in the mosquito net. Yeah. Because I also think they tried to play it off like, oh, maybe the kid choked to death and died. Like they yeah. don't, they just cut away from that. Three years later, <laughs> and then you know they're just boarding the train. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's initially what they're trying to get you to think, like, oh, there's some kid that died in the beginning, right? Because that's kind of what I thought the first time I watched. Like, oh, did they did he die? What? Like, why what? do they keep on showing him getting more and more caught in this like, mosquito what happened? Because like wraps. And why aren't they his, helping him? <laughs> it wraps around his head and neck. Yeah. So I mean, it's reasonable to think that he might have, you know. Then it's yeah. so much that he got caught up and, and fucking killed himself. But yeah, she's like, yeah, I went to go see him in the hospital, and then she finds out he's already 
At least oh, killed somebody. By the way, he killed somebody before the prank. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been an accident, but he still killed them. Well, it isn't yeah. the most relevant thing to bring up Like after, because she hates Doc. A lot of it is because of that prank. Yeah. They kind of tricked her into doing it or persuaded her, blah, blah, blah. Because that's throughout the whole movie, there's a lot of friction between her and Doc. Because mm-hmm. Doc is her boyfriend's like best bud. Yeah, and he's a bad influence on him because he's it, a douche. But the train, <laughs> w- the train was Doc's idea. Yeah, Mo paid for it, but it was Doc's idea. Yeah, and uh, Jamie Lee's character doesn't like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure why that's such a big deal. Why does it matter so much whose idea it was? Yeah, but yeah, she's freaking out and saying, "Ah, if I knew this was Doc's idea, I wouldn't have come." That kind of thing. Well, she yeah. was still, like you said, she was still bitter about the prank on Kenny. And that was also weird later in the movie, I guess towards the midpoint, before she, Jamie Lee even knows that people have been killed. She walks past the bathroom one of the times, the bathroom that's constantly locked. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to uh, Mo, I think. Her, her boyfriend's name is Mo, right? The boyfriend is Mo, yeah. 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 And she's like, I can smell it. A bottle is already broken in there. I knew this was going to be such bullshit. <laughs> and it's like, you're pissed off because there's a broken bottle in a bathroom. And then she's like, throws her hands up in the air and starts storming off. Yeah. I knew this was a bad idea. I think like, that was right who after. gives a fuck if a bottle broke? That was right after she found out that Doc had come up with the idea for the train. So she's like, looking for any <laughs> fucking little thing to complain about. Like, I knew it. Anything that he touches is bad news. Oh, shit. I stubbed my toe. I See, I knew this was going to happen. Like, bad you can smell alcohol right. on a train where everyone's getting shit-faced celebrating the new year. Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, it cuts to three years later. Yep. And everyone's arriving on buses, and they're about to board this terror train, if you will. Ooh. Um, and we get we're first introduced to the uh, obnoxious Eduardo, who's Ed- dressed up like Groucho Marx, kind Ed- of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Groucho Marx. Well, I mean, they they say but, Groucho yeah, in there, they it. yeah. But that's not. I mean, I'm a big Marx Brothers fan, and that's not really a, a Groucho costume. There's the glasses and the mustache, but like his hair wasn't really crazy like that. Well, the, the mask is definitely a Groucho mask. Yeah, but like that, it came with that hair, was like attached to it, and I was yeah. like, eh. I guess that's how they got away with it because it seemed like they were alluding to semi-famous costumes or characters but they didn't you know didn't have enough money for all the right. rights like the one dude jackson was the creature from the black lagoon mm-hmm. but he uh, just looked like a cheap like rubber yeah. lizard monster <laughs> yeah, person lizard man uh what else did they, they cleopatra the one guy mo was like a parrot yeah what was that about he's like a bird what was doc he was like a monk or something yeah or friar tuck or something yeah but can either of you explain to me who the fuck the pants lady was being? I don't know. She's just wearing like she, pants lady. She, yeah, she huge pa- men's slacks that were up to her armpits. Yeah, no, so sh- th- no shirt. But then she had like a hand coming out of the pants. Yeah, that was like on her breasts. Yeah, I don't and, like the belt was tied around her breasts. I didn't really get that. I one. have no recollection of this at all. She's the one that tries to hook up with Mo later in the private she was, car. Yeah. She was sure. Eduardo's girlfriend. Yeah. 
She's Eduardo's girlfriend. Uh, it was just pants. They're like pinstripe pants. That's she was she hanging wearing. out with uh, Vanity the whole time. Cleopatra. It was too dark. I couldn't see a thing. I don't know what was going on. Well, it's such a weird costume. It was like, <laughs> who's this fucking pants lady? Because it's just her costume is pants. She's an oversized that, pair of pants. She's the one that shows her tits. Does she have a yeah. name? Do you remember what her name was? Mm. I don't know. She showed her tits. I called her. I wrote her down in the notes as pants lady. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she is the the one girl who gets naked and, you know, fills that 80s horror quota. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the costume, <clears throat> honestly. Yeah, I was like, what is she trying to be? What was Mitchie? Was Mitchie also a, a monk? She's the one that gets killed in the in the bed, right? Yeah. Wasn't she just wearing a black dress? Yeah, something like that. Like, it wasn't really much of a costume. Yeah. But And then there was the magician. The magician. Who was just David Copperfield. Gotta, gotta say, David Copperfield kills it. <laughs> kills it at being creepy. He kills it uh, as uh, being a great red herring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll just play this clip here. This is Eduardo doing a little bit of his Groucho routine. I gotta say, Eduardo might be my favorite. <laughs> him and him and uh, the magician are my two favorites. Two favorite mm-hmm. characters? Yeah. So this is them as they're about to board the terror train. That's ridiculous. They can't be bored. I haven't even started. (laughs) Hey, bro, forget it. She's not your type. Think of the children. Come on, baby. Open your eyes. Come on, look at me. Just my luck, she's a lesbian. Wait a sec, I've got an idea. Let's play charades, and my word will be orgy. Wait, wait, wait. I think she sprung a leak. Either that or she's kissing me. He had a sex doll. That's, yeah, he had a sex doll. If you're wondering what woman he was talking about, he was talking about his sex doll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, was a pretty good character. <laughs> the orgy joke is actually pretty good. The other ones are pretty hacky and bad, but the orgy one's pretty good, I think. At <laughs> least he's trying. He's <laughs> getting everybody all excited <laughs> yeah. before the trip. Oh, my God. Those corny jokes were just <laughs> cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> just my luck, she's a lesbian. <laughs> and pretty much immediately after that, Eduardo was killed off screen. Well, yeah. And I guess he dies on screen, but... But everybody just, thinks it's a joke because he's got a sword yeah. through his ch- through his stomach. Yeah, he just kind of like, oh, my God, that looks so good. He just kind of <laughs> stumbles in from off camera with a sword through him, bleeding everywhere. Like, oh, but he's not saying anything you yeah. know, because that would, of course, ruin the surprise for the movie going audience. But everyone's like, oh, look at him. He's really dedicated to his craft. <laughs> and then he just falls over dead pretty much yeah. next to the train. And then everyone's like, oh, we're bored, and the conductor doesn't see him. And yeah, uh, the killer, like under the the killer yeah. takes his costume, puts his mask on, and then they mm-hmm. roll him onto the tracks. So that, the, yeah, the train would run over him and finish the job if he wasn't yeah. already dead, which it does. It <laughs> smashes him. And then so then the killer is now in Eduardo's Groucho costume, mm-hmm. free to move about the cabin as he pleases. Yep. That's one aspect of this movie that it is really strong. You brought it up. It is really cool how the killer constantly changes his appearance. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, the audience pretty much knows like which costume he's portraying currently. Yeah. But sometimes it's a little ambiguous. And it is. I do dislike the idea of 
a guy who's constantly changing his mask. Because like you said, yeah, we pretty much know who the killer is. Otherwise, it's like, well, why the fuck is that scene in the beginning of the movie yeah. if it has nothing to do with anything? <laughs> All right. So I'm trying to think, what was the purpose of setting this at New Year's? Because, I mean, it had to be a Halloween costume for that element where you know the killer can change costumes mm-hmm. however he wants. But why not just set it at Halloween? Why does that have know. to be New Year's? Because Halloween came out like two years earlier and <laughs> that shit was taken. <laughs> well, like you could still call it Terror Train, make it a Halloween movie. Well, the thing is, you know, this is Jamie Lee's Scream Queen heyday. This is same year as Prom Night. So they're, I mean, they're knocking out celebrations and holidays. Yeah. Like she's got Halloween, mm. she's got Prom Night, and then Terror Train for the New Year's, and then uh, what was the other horror Black, film? She Black was in? Christmas came out a few years before that, so you mm. already had that unlock. All right, if you're just looking for a looking for a new holiday to kill people on, I guess that makes sense. Trying to figure out, I can't remember if Prom Night came out before or after. Because it came out the same year. Oh, and she was also in The Fog in 1980 as well. So 1980, there was the three Fog. Jamie Lee Curtis horror films. Hmm. But I think Prom Night was, came out first. Or, I mean, before Terror Train. So Prom Night was released July 18th. Terror Train was released on... October 3rd. Say, it would have even been perfect for Halloween if they're like... But it's a costume party, so... It kind of makes it one. Yeah. They just needed an excuse to put it on the train. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they thought a New Year's Eve party on a train is more plausible than a Halloween party on a train, I guess. Even though, thinking about it, it really doesn't, but you can kind of see it. Well, it's weird, too, because it's like, we're celebrating our graduation, and like, why are y'all graduating mid-term? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was, <laughs> remember Jamie Lee Curtis was graduating before everyone else. She was graduating early, and they were congratulating her. Was it just her? Yeah. It's like, oh, what are you going to do? Seem, they made like, it stay seem like in a touch, bunch. you know? Yeah. Like, stay in touch. It seemed like a bunch of them were graduating, so yeah, maybe, I don't know. Didn't they mention how it was like the last big party of yeah. the year or whatever? Could yeah. Have. I mean, the semester ends around the winter. Yeah. Semester ends before. Yeah, New maybe Year's, those were just all the people that started college a semester late. You know, they started in January. <laughs> Could be. After but yeah, they, they did make it a point that Jamie Lee graduated early. And I hope you know, stay in touch. Blah blah blah. Or either that, or Mitchie was just a super senior. Yeah. Uh, plus, they're medical students, so like Doc and them, they're probably there for over four years. Yeah, because I think they said Doc and Jackson were going on to medical school the next semester. Okay. So say if, if, if that was the medical school that they attended, then the three years later would make more sense. Like, they could have been a senior right? in the in the opening scene, and three years later, they're in, like, the third or fourth year of medical school. I, I know uh, they, they did mention that they were pre-med. Yeah. Okay. Did. So... Well, they also volunteered at the uh, the gynecological. <laughs> it was like some charitable didn't he say you gynecology won an office. Didn't he say you won an award? <laughs> Something. I forget. When they're hitting on those girls. I should have wrote that down. Yeah, the girl in the pants costume believed him for for a second. It's like, Doc can take care of you. You volunteered at that gynecological camp. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of exposition when the conductor's talking to the engineers and whatnot 
actually no i'm sorry right before they leave the station he's talking to the woman at the train station yeah and they're talking about how the train doesn't have a radio yeah like, right. we're just a small little outfit i'm like yeah i that would that was very hard for me to believe i'm like this train doesn't have a fucking radio are you shitting me well, I like too. He's like, I've been on him for a few years now. Listen, <laughs> you don't need it. So, like, this is a very common thing. Trains have to communicate with train stations and other trains. And it was an old train too. Like, it was a retired train that they just put out the pasture, and it was just doing these, uh, you know, tours or whatever. Even that didn't make sense because at the end they're using phones. I know it wasn't like internally yeah, internal um, phones so they can yeah. talk between the cars. I'm like, so this old ass train actually has phones, but it doesn't have a radio. Right. I mean, I know the phones were not cellular, but it's like, yeah, is that communication? Like well, you the, skimp on the radio, but we're going to give everyone intercoms. It's like, come on. Well, even back <laughs> then, like you didn't have to like hard mount a radio. Like you just have a fucking radio. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had those. <laughs> They're pretty easily. They're pretty easy get, to use. Just get a CV with a long antenna. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they, obviously they set that up so you can. I well, mean, it makes the claustrophobic even more claustrophobic. Right. Or mm-hmm. Out in the middle of nowhere with no chance for you know rescue. And the conductor, he was uh, he was all about his RV sales. He was uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> want a bag out. Sometimes, if you want to make a left turn, you can. When was the last time they built a mall by a train track? Yeah, so uh, let's get back to the the killing. So, yeah, Eduardo was first to go, Jackson is second. Yeah, black guy didn't die first. Yeah, for once. Look at that, progressive. <laughs> <laughs> but they he, are progressive. He reveals himself <laughs> to Jackson before he kills him, though. I thought that was... Like, he pulls his mask off, and then he puts it back down, and then he kills him. Yeah, he kills him in the in the bathroom. And then he locks them in there forever. Yeah. And everybody's just like, oh, it's occupied. Better go try the other one. Until the conductor finally opens it up later and finds the bloody yeah. corpse there. But then he goes back and he has to like think about his life and he's all depressed. <laughs> he's talking to the engineers and oh, i got to sit down for this. And then, I mean, it, I've never seen a kid deader than that. <laughs> <laughs> he like pours himself some, I don't know, coffee or something. Like, you, got anything, or something. you got anything to put in this? Yeah. You know. And then he's got to have the brake man go stand guard all of a sudden because, you know, you can't just lock it up like it was before. Yeah, and he go when he goes back in there, everything's spick and span clean. Yeah, and it's uh, at, or it's Kenny in that costume, but it's cleaned up, and he shakes it off like he's oh just drunk waking up. Yeah, or like it was a practical joke with all the blood that was there earlier. And then Mitchie takes care of him. They end up in the the. Uh, the sleeping compartment together. Yep, and he kills her pretty much immediately. Yeah. And he has Jackson's hand on his person. <laughs> right. It's like hiding the suit in the arm. Yeah. Because they're about to, she wants to have, because everyone's trying to make the men cheat. She's trying to steal Jackson away from Mary. Vanity. Yeah. And then Pants Lady tries to take Mo from Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And although, I mean, Mo's just I, kind of a douche too. And then, like he doesn't. Yeah. He plays it off like, oh, no, I'm not going to dance with you or, you know, put your clothes back on. But it's like, well, you could just leave the fucking compartment. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not raping you. He's like, like I, I, better, I better dance with you because otherwise you're going to fuck me. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, okay. Yeah. You can get naked. But, uh, even before she gets naked, she starts to kiss him and he's kind of like, he's 
fighting a little bit, but he's not even like moving his head. He's just like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what All did I right. get myself into? <laughs> Doc was trying to hook up with every chick, though. Yeah. I think him and Mitchie had an open relationship because, uh, who is it? Uh, was it when Mitchie and uh, Kenny were up there and she thought it was Jackson? She said something like, I know you guys don't have uh, the type of deal that me and Doc have. And yeah. like, you shouldn't be doing this, but oh, we got to do this. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, he kills her uh, pretty quick. So that's three. And then the, who's the fourth to go? Because that, that mask he wears at the end, who was wearing that costume? The See, mask, this was one of like the just old man. Oh, of... that, that was either Mitchie or uh, Doc. Because Mitchie died in the on the bed. Yeah. She wasn't wearing a mask. I guess it could have maybe been Doc's mask. That might have fit with the robe, but. Yeah, Doc was next because they found Mitchie, and then they stopped the train, evacuated mm-hmm. everybody, but Doc stayed on and locked himself into the one car. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kenny was hiding, like, under the the couch or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and then when they found doc he was in the overhead compartment it was the thing it was the pull out or fold out bed yeah and then his body came out and then a little bit later his head fell out that was pretty yeah. cool which was yeah. pretty sweet that was cool yeah when they get off the train that's when the conductor finally tells everyone that hey there's a fucking murderer killing people on here yeah um and that's also where Jamie Lee Curtis, and you heard in the clip, and she tells Doc that Kenny had killed before. But we would be remiss if we didn't spend a little more time talking about the magician. Let's talk about the magician. <laughs> David Copperfield oh my God. in a real stretch role is playing a magician on this train. What an asshole this guy is. He's a creeper. Oh, um, my God. He's so creepy. So there's a scene when he's um, when they've just gotten on the train. And him and his assistant, who's Kenny in disguise, um, are kind of getting their equipment ready. And David Copperfield's looking out through the curtains, like looking at the crowd and just like disgusted that it's all college kids. <laughs> like he didn't know what kind of job he got signed up for. Like his assistant signed him up and didn't tell him. Yeah, because well, I mean, we find out later because like, oh, whose idea was it to get them? And, you know, the magician, that's a pretty good idea. And they're like, we didn't hire a magician. So basically, the people who rented out the train did not hire the magician. I thought most claimed uh, credit for that. He thought he said, uh, well, you know, Doc doesn't have all the good ideas. Yeah, but they, he didn't mm. say that he did. Was that, uh, yeah, that, he could have that, just been taking credit as like, oh, yeah. Could be. That was the red herring effect where as soon as they say that, no, you know, none of us, nobody paid for a magician. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of cuts to like David Copperfield, like he's the killer because <laughs> right. he's a creeper yeah. and he's a magician. And, yeah. And there's at one point that nobody pulling, paid for him. Yeah. At one point they're pulling out yearbooks and it just happens to have, oh, they're Kenny Hampson loves magic. <laughs> <laughs> that was when uh, Doc and Jamie Lee are talking and right before his death. Yeah. Yeah. We have a clip here. This is David Copperfield. Just scoping out the crowd, getting the lay of the, you know, the audience. And he's a little, he's a little needy, if I might say so myself. It's a rotten crowd. Listen to him. Well, it beats a six-year-old's birthday party. I have to have it quiet when I do my illusions. You know, pays better too. Hey, I thought you said you played fat parties before. 
They're not going to watch. Oh, they'll watch. Go out and do some close-up magic. Warm them up. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> I have to have it quiet for my illusions. <laughs> so serious. He's such like a fucking spaz. They're not going to watch. They're not going to watch. <laughs> Yeah, like the assistant Kenny is actually does have a point. Like better than like a six year old birthday party, <laughs> and it pays better. Yeah, and I have to point that out because I think there might possibly be two different actor actresses that play the assistant. Hmm. Because right there, it does kind of look like Kenny a little bit, but the voice is definitely not Kenny. It's very feminine and not like acting feminine. Yeah, and it didn't sound like ADR. Like, it sounded at least like it was recorded live, somewhat. Yeah. It didn't seem like they dubbed over her voice. At least it looked like it matched up quite a bit. Yeah. Well, there's a That's trick, too, fun. where he makes the assistant disappear during the first oh. magic act. Yeah, I got something to say about that. Okay. So he, like, he's standing there. He pulls up a curtain, or, you know, a sheet mm-hmm. in front of him, and then he drops it, and he's the assistant all of a sudden. I read something that said, like, David Copperfield said that he did all these tricks like live, like there's no camera tricks or anything. What you see is exactly what you know everybody on the train saw. Sounds like a fun fact to me. It is fun. <laughs> and but he was surrounded like 360 degrees in that scene. Mm-hmm. So half the audience was behind him, saw it behind the curtain. How how does that work? Behind you know? the what do you mean behind the curtain? So he's he's facing half the train. He there, there was nothing behind the him. So it was during there the second people. act. No, he there was out in the crowd, him. and he says, "Oh, I need my assistant." And then he pulls up the curtain and then he drops it, and then he's gone, and the assistant's there. But he's standing in the middle of a crowd. Like okay, there are people the behind him looking at looking at his back. I thought you were talking about when he was on stage and it was just a black curtain behind him. I was like, no. "There's nobody behind him." Yeah, no, he's standing in the middle of the train car. Okay. It's like. No, this was the second act. Yeah, when he yeah. brought the assistant back. That's another thing. He was working overtime because he has numerous acts. He does crowd work yeah. before and after. Right. Yeah, and he's really dedicated. There's at least that. two shows. Crowd participation. Because yeah. it was uh, on the second show, he had uh, Mary up there hold up the curtain while he was sitting in the in the chair, and he's like, "Hold up." Uh, however many fingers behind me and then when you drop the curtain i'll have the same number of fingers up and she drops the curtain and he's halfway across the room and he's like seven (laughs) (laughs) Seven. and then it was it was kind of right after that when he 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 brought the assistant back but he was he was out in the crowd when he did it Mm. and midway through the movie when now when he's working the assistant it's you know especially watching it again it's very noticeable that it's kenny Mm -hmm. i think especially on blu-ray and watching it a second time you're like god why didn't i catch this the first time you know like i remember the watching it the first time i was like that lady looks a little different but then if you say like something like that in your head you're like god why am i being such an asshole to this beautiful young woman (laughs) (laughs) she looks like a man like no she doesn't you evil man and woman hater you the first time i watched it i thought damn that assistant's got a long neck (laughs) (laughs) God, that assistant has a huge dick on her. <laughs> but yeah, there's second... a couple other shots of her in different scenes where you're like, okay, that looks more like uh, a female. 
mm-hmm. but especially towards the end, you can really see like Kenny's arms. Like he's a scrawny guy, but you yeah. can see like the muscles like really bulging through. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, oh, this assistant has really been getting at the gym. <laughs> she has like you know two percent body fat on yeah. her, but it looks like she could manage about one fifty. She's just getting pumped, you know, yeah. running a magic show. It's not easy work. Getting her swell right. on. But there are scenes where you don't get a good look at the assistant. Like either they're, you know, far away or it's kind of dark. A, yeah, or it's dark, or they're at an angle where you only see like half their face if any or you're like mm-hmm. somewhat behind them yeah so you never get a real good look at the assistant until kind of when they do the reveal and then they flash back to it yeah yeah so yeah the magician's a bit of a creeper himself and kind of a douche as well he's so creepy and uh obviously for the red herring aspect of it and i'll throw you off but because it seems like, yeah, the guys, like Mo and Doc, like they don't give a shit about the magician. Another More evidence that they didn't hire him. Doc was super offended because he couldn't figure out how he was doing it, and then he was drunk, <laughs> yeah. and then he started heckling him. Yeah, that was so funny when he's sitting there. Um, God, what is he? He was just yelling out the dumbest shit. Like, a third the- grader could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the stage. <laughs> you know, shit like that. And, uh, yeah, David Copperfield is just kind of owning them in front of everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, during the, the last magic show, like, Doc starts, uh, Doc's sitting with Mo, and Mo just, like, slumps over. And then Doc yeah. just starts freaking out. It's like, dude, you're a fucking doctor. Why are you so freaked out? And then they find out that Mo had just been, like, stabbed to death. Yeah, that was very unceremonious, especially that he was, like, one of the the main characters. He was Jamie Lee's boyfriend. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's just like dead. Yeah. Which it's is obvi- kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I think they're just trying to like really drive home the fact that, hey, audience, David Copperfield's doing this. You right. Know? How else would nobody have seen him get killed unless it was the magician? You know? mm-hmm. And then after that, they stop the train, get everybody off. Mm-hmm. Did So did you notice they get off? I presume it's like the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. yeah. They throw on the, the brakes. The tracks. Yeah. But it looked like the snow out there was pretty well trampled. Well, they got a, they got a, they were probably or... shooting all afternoon or all night, right? For all that shit, I'm sure. <laughs> Cast the crew's gonna walk around. You're you're looking too close <laughs> <laughs> for footprints in the snow. Yeah. But yeah, so then uh, Doc gets killed in the one of the private cabins. Yep. Um, decapitated. So you see, he I think he would be number five. I don't think anyone else dies before him. And then afterward, well, there's those like the the break. Well, they, uh, I suppose the brake man and the engineers because they disappear and they're killed at one point. Where it's the only people left are like the conductor, the head yeah. porter, and like other porters, and that's pretty much it. Because I think after they get on the train, like, uh, so they they clear out the back car except for David Copperfield. They don't tell him that they're all clearing that car out and then they trained that car closed with him inside it because they're like this dude's the killer we're gonna lock him up <laughs> yeah and then uh is it, yeah this is after jamie lee obviously told that to doc but then she she finds the conductor and tells him about kenny yeah and he's a magician and blah 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 so like oh it's gotta be the magician let's lock him up and then there's a mob trying to get in at him because they found out and the conductor's like all right guy if you want to really go back there here you go. And he gives them an axe or whatever. And oh, yeah. he's like, uh, just think, is it worth all your friends being killed? You've seen those bodies. 
Like, yeah, he's like, he's already killed like five of your friends. <laughs> like, is, it, is it worth it? And then the guy's like, no. And then he gives the axe back. And then they. Yeah, because before he had chained the compartment closed, he, he saw the assistant, like, oh, oh, miss, uh, follow me, please. You know, yeah. uh, you know, don't ask any questions. Just come on. Would you like some coffee? I just made some coffee. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how she gets out. And she had already just killed David Copperfield, um, put him in that box the swords so he's like death number yeah. well, seven or eight or nine uh imdb always gives the death count usually on the fun facts did you guys see that nope uh, i didn't uh look that because yeah a lot of these are off-screen kills when you think about it like, probably about half of them at least yeah did you notice the scene where or did you i don't know if you mentioned it where uh magician is sitting by that box and he's like sticking a sword in and out of it, isn't he? Yep. Like yeah. It makes you think, that, oh, there's a body in there. Yeah, I think they're, they're trying to allude to that. Yeah. More red herring it did evidence. Get, it did get a little heavy-handed after a while. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's definitely this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see a death count on here. Yeah, that pretty much leads to the end climactic scene, which is about three confrontations between Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> and Kenny. Because uh, he's first revealed to her when she's running, she's looking for the conductor, and he's wearing the hat, right? And she comes, she comes up to him as he's sitting at that table with his head down, and then he looks up, and it's him. Or maybe he might that be was, wearing a mask, and he takes the, it off. Was that the last one? I think that was the last one. Was it? I don't remember. Well, she fights him there, and then he puts on the mask. After that, um, the first interaction was actually in the cabin um that uh, one of those private cabins let's like put yeah, it in it was so funny because uh because the porter's like i'll be right outside with the axe and then he gets whacked immediately he's like nobody's even been in here for a couple of years <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> which i was like wait what hope, yeah. hope you're okay with those sheets or pillowcases yeah because yeah, he gave her a blanket and a pillow yeah and yeah he says sorry for no sheets pillowcases yeah. he's like, i'll be right outside don't worry and she's Nobody's just sitting there resting but then when kenny comes in to kill her you, he stabs at her but you find out it's a she put the the sex doll there yeah and then um and then they end up in the conductor's car which i was like okay how the fuck did she get that sex doll because she was in a cabin that no one's been in for two years <laughs> and they make that a big point and the fact that they they basically locked her in there almost or that he's watching and who brought the doll on board was it on board after eduardo died because eduardo had grabbed it from somebody else yeah somebody was standing next to him with the doll and just kind of grabbed it like hey honey blah blah blah. that's my girlfriend (laughs) so yeah it's like well how the fuck she get that and then because there was something else she used it was like the sex doll and something else i think yeah, I think she stabbed him in the leg or the arm or something. Well, I was just, I thought she used something else for the ruse of oh. a fake, like a dummy. I think it was just under a blanket. Yeah. Because she's in the closet behind him. She jumps out and she runs him through with a sword, yeah. Kenny. And so he kind of s- staggers out. Um, and then later when they're fighting in the other like engineer's car yeah. and she ends up locking herself in that cage. She stabs him in the face with that. What do you call those? Um, it's one of them it's like a ticket you stick for seats on. Yeah, you so put like a tickets. Spike. Yeah, a spike. Yeah, I don't know what the 
official name is, but it, she basically spikes him in the eye. Yeah, stabs him in the face there, and then they're fighting between the cars, and he falls off, or she kicks him off the train. He climbs back on, like, over top and aboards the train again until well, yeah, he, like she finally... throws him off. There's no way he could not be thrown off the train but somehow they're like oh by the way he hanging out he hung on to the rail well, i think he was kind of hanging on and she like it gave like one of those kick type of things and then like oh he finally let go and he's yeah. everywhere but the second one is there's no mistake in that the second time he gets kicked off the train yeah, the, by the conductor where he gets uh like a shovel to the head <laughs> and he falls off a bridge into a sweet. frozen river yeah but, uh, yeah, so she, she thinks she's off the train, and then she finds the magician uh, in the box mm-hmm. full of swords, and uh, she's just, like, going through his shit. Like, oh, um, it's obviously the magician was Kenny, so she's going to go through his stuff now that he's dead. Yeah. And then uh, Kenny pops up again. Uh, this is when he had the uh, the brake man's hat on. Mm. It was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis went back to be consoled, and she's like, <laughs> like holding each other's hands, and and Kenny, you know, pops his head up, and she's like, oh my god, and she's got a hold of him. Yeah. Then, then they do the kiss me, Kenny thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was also great. He made Jamie Lee kiss him. <laughs> right. That was creepy. Well, it was weird because why would he want to kiss her? Because as soon as it happened, he flashbacked and started doing the spin <laughs> yeah. thing again. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But, but yeah, when he when the conductor boots him off the train into the river, that is a hard end. Like five seconds after that, credits. Yeah, there was like there was no epilogue. There was no nothing. But it's like, like he's dead. Like you know, That's he's the dead. end of that chapter. He, t- he took a shovel to the face. Went off a bridge that was like a hundred feet high, into a river. I think he might a lot. He might have lost a limb or two. But like you don't see Jamie Lee talking to the cops. You don't see her talking no. to her other friends that survived. It was just it's like that. No, that's it. the movie. We're done. <laughs> they, they probably still got like five hours to go on the train ride. They, he did say they were like fifteen minutes away. Oh. Towards the end there, there was like a 15-minute thing until like the next town or whatever. They did speed up at one point. Somewhere with a radio. How about that? Yeah, at one <laughs> point they did speed up to try to make better time. Uh, one of the guys hit the, the emergency brake and uh, it didn't stop because those two guys were, were killed mm-hmm. at some point. But, mm. you know, Kenny got a pretty good haul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the final body count is technically, but it's close to 10. It might even be above 10. You guys have any more fun facts you want to talk about? I didn't delve too deep into the fun facts. Uh, I just saw one about, I was wondering how they filmed it, like if it was actually in a moving train. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently they built the train cars and just had them in a big warehouse on some machine that shook them. Okay. So that it looked like it that was makes a sense. moving train. Need a soundstage. Yeah. I don't know. Did they say what college these people go to? Because I'm pretty sure in the opening scene, uh, the fat guy was wearing a Northern Illinois sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was official or if he just happened to be wearing it. Yeah, I don't remember them mentioning. Anybody specific. see that? Looks like they filmed it in Canada, which makes sense because 
everything in the 80s that was a thriller was made in Canada. Is there a reason for that? Uh, a lot of Canadians were writing and directing movies. Hmm. It's probably cheaper, too. So apparently the idea came from a dream that Daniel Grodnick had. This is one weekend after uh, seeing Halloween and Silver Streak. He woke up and said to his wife, What do you think about putting Halloween on a train? And his wife answered, That's terrible. <laughs> so, so you he, need to make it New Year's. <laughs> so he jotted down terrible train on a piece of paper on his nightstand. And in the morning, he changed the title to Terror Train, wrote up 22 pages, and then he made a deal uh, with Sandy Howard's company at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. So that was a pretty productive day. <laughs> yeah, that was quick. I don't know if that happens like that these days. Uh, apparently, the train that was used in the film, Canadian Pacific Railway number 1293, was still in operation as recent as February 2002. I go on there, but then then again, it's kind of like well, pretty much none of the interior shots were used from that train. I'm sure they just yeah. used it for all exterior yeah. stuff. Yeah. Still though. Still fun and a fact. I can I can make you know pretend I'm Kenny like in between the cars or something, <laughs> <laughs> falling off. Yeah, just hold on the back of it. This was the only movie or TV show where David Copperfield doesn't play himself. That, that he, uh, did they in. even give him a name in this? He was just the magician. He was the right? magician. So he totally could have been himself anyway. <laughs> yeah. I have to have it quiet for my illusions. <laughs> it says body count seven on camera, confirmed. Three off camera, unconfirmed. One missing, presumed dead. None of whom include the killer. Oh, there it is. Missing, presumed dead. Who would that be? Yeah, who would be missing? Would it be Pants Girl? Possibly. She kind of goes missing at the end. I thought they even talked about somebody missing, and they're like, they don't, we don't know. Because Pants Girl's never True. seen again at the end. At least that I know. It's, Pants Girl's pretty noticeable. <laughs> Jason, I have no idea how you can't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know I found a picture those. of her. I think I just never noticed that it was actually a pair of pants. It just looked like she was trying to show off her cleavage. Yeah. Something. Yeah, because there was a hand. She well, their hand, hand was covering her cleavage. She had a hand <laughs> coming out of out of it. I don't know. That was mm. pretty noticeable. But yeah, it was just pants. <laughs> yep. Plus, she took her tits out. Yeah. I remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it claims that uh, the magician is a.k.a. Ken the Magician. Ken? I don't know where that came from. The name of the rock band was Crime, who was pretty professional because the, the guy was playing his uh, his song while Jamie Lee Curtis was literally standing like uh, half a foot away from his face. Then <laughs> he just kept singing. All right, well, I think that'll about do it. Anything else you guys want to add to Terror Train? Nope. Well, I think we covered pretty much everything. I guess the jury's still out, and if I'm going to label it and eventually in our rating systems, but um, if you're into these types of movies, we would recommend you check it out. You know, 80s horror slasher movies, 
Yeah. Um, can't, it's a little campy. Yeah. Um, got that trans element, so relative to today. Yeah, if you're into that specific genre, go see it. But I would have been fine if I'd never heard of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. Yeah, like I, I mentioned earlier, it kind of drags in the middle, but uh, I think the, the last third really picks up and mm-hmm. kind of makes up for it. And if you want to see Jamie Lee in Golden Years, it's one of her, it's probably her least known horror film because The Fog's pretty famous. Prom Night's more famous than this, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then you have Halloween, so. Well, they remade Prom Night, so. Yeah. Obviously. Pretty famous. Prom Night, the original one's pretty sweet. I haven't seen the remake, but. I have not seen it either. Very cool, Prom Night. Jamie Lee, um, not very bloody at all. It's like a disco, you know, it's right on the time of disco's late 70s. Came out in 1980, mm. but. Yeah, man, did you see the magician's collar? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to start <laughs> flying around with that. <laughs> but yeah, like, like, just like this movie is filmed in 79, so you get that, you get that late 70s style, you get the music. Yeah. A lot of cool music in prom night, especially as like a background to like people getting killed because this is at the prom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty sweet. But yeah, I think that'll about do her. There you go. Terror Train. Reach out to us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please subscribe, listen, rate, and review all our episodes on iTunes and or Stitcher. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why do you always shut your door, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you lost my case.